Our week of mission last week brought me into contact with a number of people in our community, none of whom I needed to convince of the need for change. They all knew that they needed to change. The question was, how is it even an option? Is it not too late? In short, their, their question was the question we're considering this evening. Change, is it possible? Now, if the answer to that is no, then this will be a very short sermon. Though actually the answer is no, at least not in our own strength, not by ourselves. The Bible asks the question, can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Then also, can you do good who are accustomed to do evil? We can no more turn our lives around through our own strength than we can change our skin colour or an animal can change the pattern of its skin. People sometimes say, I want to turn my life around, but they can't do it. Not in their own strength. Others have a sense that they do need some sort of higher power. And they're right, they need the highest power. They need the God of the Bible, uh, the God who made the world and everything in it. One God in three persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And by the way, our topic tonight is relevant both to those who aren't yet Christians as well as those who are. Yes, it's true that we talk of someone who is born again as someone whose life has changed. But it would be a terrible mistake to conclude that once someone is born again, that nothing more about them needs to change. Being born again isn't the end point. Rather, it is the beginning. Uh, To be saved, as the Bible talks about, is the beginning of a process that the Bible calls sanctification. Uh, that's, That's just a big word for saying becoming more like Jesus. Romans 8 verse 29, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. In other words, God's goal for those people he chose from before the beginning of the world is that they would become more like Jesus. And actually one of the saddest things for me to see as a minister is someone who claims to be a Christian, but there's no evidence of this growth in their life. Perhaps they face a difficult situation and they don't deal with it any differently than they might have done uh, with a similar situation 20 years ago. So when we talk about change, we're talking about someone growing as a Christian as well as someone becoming a Christian in the first place. And actually people in both those categories can despair over whether change is really possible. The person who isn't a Christian can say, well, I've lived this way for so long. I've burnt so many bridges. I've done so many bad things. I've blown so many opportunities. I've tried so many times before. Other people might be able to change, but not me. While someone who has recently become a Christian might see how much their life needs to change. and They might start to make those changes uh, with God's help. 
but then they fall back, uh, fall back into old patterns of acting, old patterns of thinking. And I've sat with people in that situation who've said to me, there's no point, I can't change. And I've said, you're right. You can't change, not in and of yourself, but God can change you. And you now have the Holy Spirit living inside you. You can't change, but God can change you. Or perhaps it's the person who's been a Christian a long time who despairs of change because they've struggled with patterns of behaviour and maybe they've just given up. They've struggled uh, and now they've really stopped struggling. They've concluded this is just what I'm like. But if the Holy Spirit is living inside us, there is no place for such defeatist attitudes. I have a book at home with a helpful uh, title, You Can Change. You Can Change. Its full title is You Can Change God's Transforming Power for Our Sinful Behaviour and Negative Emotions. And even the title is helpful. You can change, but not because you've got the power to, but because God has the power to change you. And notice the title doesn't just talk about sinful behaviour, but about negative emotions. And here are a couple of examples from the book showing how Christians can fight the sort of sins that too often we don't fight Or maybe those negative emotions that we don't even see as sins, such as bitterness, annoyance, anger, and we don't even see them as wrong. Uh, So the author gives this example. He says, I feel myself getting bitter. Once I might have fed my desire by reflecting on all the wrongs I endure, but I realize now that bitterness is grumbling against God's goodness. And so, in my best moments and with God's help, I try to stop it before it grows. Maybe you are prone to bitterness. You can change by God's help. He goes on, I feel myself getting annoyed. Once I might have fed my desire by reflecting on other people's incompetence. But I realise now that I get annoyed because of my desire to be in control instead of trusting God. And so I try to stop it before it grows. And so if you're new here, don't think that you are the only one uh, who needs to change. Don't think that the rest of us are okay. If we as a church ever start thinking that it's the people around us who need to change and we don't need to change, then we have gone badly wrong. But what if you haven't yet started out on that journey? What if you've heard of someone giving uh, their life to God? What if you've heard uh, about someone who has been born again or someone who has become a Christian, someone who has believed in Jesus? And you'd like to, or at least you're curious. But you also wonder if it's even possible. Well, let me encourage you this evening by saying that if you want to change you are in a better position than many. Because many people don't think they need to change. Many people think that others need to change, 
but they don't. Uh, the government needs to change, the people around them need to change, their family needs to change, but they're alright. They're, they're good people, uh, at least that's how they think of themselves. They may go to church, they might not, but they're good people. The religious leaders in Jesus' day certainly didn't think they needed to change. And they couldn't understand why Jesus would spend time with those who they looked on as the lowest of the low, tax collectors and sinners. But in response, Jesus said to them, Those who are well have no need of a doctor, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. In other words, Jesus will be of no benefit to those who think they're okay because they'll never cry out to him. But he came for those who realize that they're not okay, which is all of us. Someone has described their experience of starting to read the Bible like this as discovering that God thought very differently from them on a lot of issues. And they concluded, one of us has to change. God's idea of right and wrong and our idea of right and wrong can be quite different. And if so, then one or the other is going to have to change. Either us or God. And tragically, many today have come to the conclusion that God is the one who's going to have to change. And so churches have tried to change what they believe. Uh, They've tried to update their beliefs to fit in with the culture around them. Which is not only wrong, it's one of the most self-destructive things a church can do. Because why would people keep coming? If the church isn't saying anything different than, than the BBC News is saying, why would you come? The Bible tells us that in the beginning God made us in his image. Uh, We are not to try and return the compliment. We are not to try and remake God in our image. Rather God sent Jesus, his perfect image, his perfect representative to die in our place and give us new life. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit we could become more like him. So if you do want to change this evening, you're in a better place than many. Because many don't think they need to change. But still, you maybe wonder whether change is possible. Yes, you'd like to change, but can you? Perhaps you've lived the way you've lived for so long, you wonder if change is really possible. And I get that. But there are people in this room tonight who had gone one way for 50 years or more and then God changed them. When Jesus was on earth he healed people who had been in desperate need for decades and who had tried everything else. Last Sunday evening I was speaking about the man in John chapter 5 who had been an invalid for 38 years which was Pretty much a lifetime in those days. He kept hoping that things would change year after year. But it never did. And then Jesus came along and everything changed. On Friday night when we were thinking about shame. 
we thought about a woman who had suffered from an intensely personal problem for 12 years. She'd spent all that she had on doctors. She tried this one and this one and this one. Perhaps those doctors had been able to heal others, but they weren't able to heal her. And then Jesus came along and everything changed. And you can experience that too. No matter how long you've been going down one path. But you do need to realise the seriousness of your situation. Because some people think that all they need from God is a helping hand. They just need a bit of divine intervention to get them on the straight and narrow. And then they'll be okay. But our situation is far more desperate than that. The Apostle Paul once wrote to a group of Christians in a city called Ephesus and he reminded them of what they were like before they believed. And he tells them that they were dead in the trespasses and sins in which they once walked. They weren't just slightly sick. They weren't even very sick. Spiritually speaking, they were dead. And that's the case for every single one of us. Either we were spiritually dead Or we still are. And so we need nothing less than a resurrection. But thankfully resurrection is Jesus' business. And because he was raised, we can be raised too. The gospel is not good advice. It's good news. And there's all the difference in the world. Good advice is follow this and your life will improve Good news is this is what has happened for you and all you need to do is believe in it and trust it. So it's not about what we do, it's about what Jesus has done. And actually, you take the most respectable unbeliever in Stranraer and the most down and out and they're both in the same boat. The respectable person, the person who people envy, who think, if only I had their house, if only I had their family, if only I had their job, if only I had their money. They are no closer to God than the person uh, that people look down on and say they're just a junkie. Because they both need a resurrection. So if you think that going to church might help you a bit, that it might improve your life in some way, you need to reckon with the fact that something far more drastic is needed. Jesus said, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Uh, To believe the gospel is to realise that you are worse than you ever imagined, but that you can be more loved than you ever dreamed. You're worse than you ever imagined, but you can be more loved than you ever dreamed. But if you are going to commit your life to Jesus Christ, you need to be willing to count the cost. Because Jesus isn't an add-on, like something extra you add to your phone contract. This is about seeing your old self put in the grave and buried and a new person emerge. And there will be a cost to that. Jesus was upfront about that and he wants us to be upfront about it as well. Now the cost is nothing compared to what we get in return. But it may mean giving up friendships, 
It will mean giving up ways of thinking and ways of living. But God will give you better friendships and better ways of living instead. On one occasion, a rich young man came up to Jesus and asked what he needed to do to be saved. And Jesus told him to go and sell everything that he had. Was that because selling everything that he had could save him? No. But that's what his identity was caught up with. Money was everything to him. And Jesus says, go sell everything you have. Uh, We need to be willing to give up what we hold dearest. So is change possible? Yes, but you have to be willing to count the cost. Not because we can earn our salvation. We're saved through believing in Jesus. We are not saved through our own efforts. We are not saved because of what we might give up. But the Christian race, the Christian life does require effort. It requires perseverance. Which in themselves are God's gift. Maybe you think, well, I could never become a Christian because I could never persevere. I could never keep going. Uh, None of us can in our own strength. It's God who keeps us going. It's not a race we can run in our own strength. But you do need to be willing to count the cost. But it is worth it. It is so worth it. And when it comes to many of the things you'll have to give up, God will change your desires so that you don't even want them anyway. Sometimes people worry for so long about becoming a Christian because of what they'll have to give up. And then they believe in Jesus and they find that their desire for that thing is gone anyway. Now that's not always the case. There are still things from our old lives uh, that that we may struggle with. Uh, But often the desire for something is just taken away. That might be even, even be something you want to ask people here or we could discuss over supper. What did you have to give up to be a Christian? What were you worrying that you might have to give up to be, be a, become a Christian? And was it worth it? Was it worth it? And surely the true Christian can say with the Apostle Paul, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. He went on, indeed I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. So change, is it possible? Well, I can answer that question for you. Yes, it is possible. But there is a question that you must answer as well. And it's, are you willing to count the cost? Are you willing to count the cost? Whether you're You're not yet a Christian, whether you're a professing Christian, there is a cost. Are you willing to bear it? And if you're not sure, if you're not sure whether you're willing to bear that, then look at Jesus, focus on him, on who he is, on what he has done, because he is worth giving up everything for. Now maybe... You are ready for that radical change. And perhaps the thing holding you back isn't the cost or how long you've been going down a certain path, but it's what you've done. You feel that the die has been cast, the dice has been thrown, that there's no going back from what you've done. But actually Jesus told a story about a man in exactly that position. Uh, We read it earlier, Uh, there's a father with two sons, 
One of the sons demanded his inheritance while his father was still alive. He then went into a far country where he blew it, he squandered it, he ended up feeding pigs, wishing that he could eat what the pigs were eating. And then when he eventually came to his senses, he thought he would go back home because even his father's servants had enough to eat. So he goes home and he asks to be treated as a servant. But instead he's welcomed as a son. He says, let me come and be a servant. His father says, no, I'm going to treat you as a son, even though you don't deserve it. His father kills the fattened calf for him. This younger son had done what many would have thought was unforgivable. What he thought was unforgivable. But he was welcomed home with open arms. And that is a picture of the welcome that you will receive from God himself if you will stop going your own way and run to him. And actually the most significant thing about that parable is that the one person who isn't happy that the younger son comes back is the older son. You see, the older brother had never done anything like that. He'd never run away. He'd never wasted his father's money. He might have wanted to do it, uh, but he always did the good, decent, respectable thing. And yet, respectable as he was, he was actually more lost than his brother who went away and blew the family fortune. Because his younger brother realized that he was lost, whereas the older brother thought that he was okay. Uh, the older brother sadly represents some of those in, in churches, uh, whereas often the, the younger brother represents those who are outside, those who realize they're lost, whereas there can be people sitting in here thinking they're fine. The older brother didn't think he needed forgiveness. So change, is it possible? Yes. No matter how long you've been going in one direction, no matter what you've done, the only thing that will make change impossible is that if you don't think it's really needed or if you're not willing to count the cost. The only thing that will make change impossible for you is if you don't think you need it or if you're not willing to count the cost. And so just to draw things to a close tonight, to, to try and make things as clear as I can. If you want to change, what do you need to do? If you've seen something in the life of Christians that you don't have but you want, what's the next step? What do you actually need to do? Well, let me take you to the first words of Jesus that are recorded in Mark's Gospel. If you want to read the Bible for yourself, if you're wondering where you might start, Mark's Gospel is a great place to start. It's the shortest Gospel. Uh, it, it, it gets straight to the point. It gets straight to, to the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And Jesus' first words in Mark's Gospel are, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the Gospel. Notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, go out and do this religious work. He doesn't even say, go out and change your life. He says, repent and believe. 
the radical change that I talked about earlier will, will flow from that, but it doesn't come first. But repenting and believing is what makes someone a Christian. Turning from our sin to God and believing that when Jesus died on the cross, he died there for you. To take on himself all the wrong that you had done, that so his perfect record of obedience could be counted as yours. Perhaps you don't feel ready for that step just yet. Well, if so, then keep coming, keep listening and learning. I'm happy to meet up with anyone uh, one-on-one or as part of a group of two or three to, to work through what this involves. If you have questions, if you want to find out more, change is needed. Uh, no matter how respectable you may be on the outside, keeping on as you are won't solve the gnawing emptiness inside. And change is possible. We in this church can't change anyone. Going to this church can't change you, but Jesus can change you. Jesus can change you. He died to make it possible. So change, is it possible? Yes, because of Jesus' death on the cross. The question is, do you want it? Do you want it? And if you do, you won't regret it. Amen. Well, if you do want to change, the song that we're going to close with this evening gives you words that you can pray to God even as we're singing them. Uh, The words on the back from Psalm 119, part 4a. It begins, my soul is laid in the dust. It begins with realising our need for change. And then what do we do? We need God to give us life. And so we pray, give life according to your word. Verse 3, remove from me the way of lies. Uh, We are surrounded by lies in our world uh, and we uh, are tired of them. Uh, Maybe you're tired of them tonight. Well, here's an invitation to come to Jesus, the one who is the way, the truth and the life. Remove from me the way of lies. And then verse, verse 4, it talks about running in the way of God's commands. And so is, is that what we're saying? Is it a case of, of do what God commands and you'll be accepted? No, no. Because we can't, until our hearts are set free, the, the last line of the psalm, this is what we need. We need our hearts set free so that we are set free to serve God. It's not about keeping his commandments in order to be saved. It's about being saved and then he he gives us his good laws as the way uh, for us to live. So all uh, of these four verses on the sheet, if you're able, we'll stand as we sing.